Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. We have a jam-packed show for you. I had Mike Clark from the Pilot Season Podcast on. He and I talked Yankees baseball, the 2019 season. We preview the Yankees-Dodgers series. I also had Greg Piatelli on. He and I go through our usual business of hot and cold teams before the interview with Mike. After the interview, we go into the segments, some stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, Phillies talk, Red Sox talk, all that great stuff. We're also drafting our fantasy league, so uh, a little bit of shit talking between us there. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Make sure you let us know in the comments or send us a tweet, ThunderBLG is the handle. Make sure you follow us there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. Just like the website, make sure that you go subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Natty D and I recorded the ACC College Football Preview earlier tonight, and that's going to be dropping on Friday morning. So make sure you subscribe so you do not miss our football previews as well as our Pennant Chase podcast here on the Bullpen Card. But enjoy this episode, guys. Let us know what you think, especially the interview with Mike. And here we go. And we are by ThunderblogSports.com. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Joining me, as always, is my friend and yours, the prophet himself, all the way from Boston, Massachusetts, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? It's a great night uh, in Boston. Phillies, Red Sox playing for the second straight night, um, as well as the Jimmy Fund Cancer Research Night, where basically they just interview people going through treatments, kids who survived, and um, talk about those who are still fighting the good fight, and take donations and money for a great cause. And that's, that is a great cause. Yeah, and this year they uh, decided to have the Phillies help partake, and so far so good. They said they um, are on pace to break last year's mark by about a million five. So that's awesome. Is there a That's place awesome, that we right? Can, Pretty uh, good day. Is there a place where we can help contribute? By the time this gets out, Jordy, oh, the, I'm, the campaign I will think, be over. They won't accept any more I think money. That, yeah, yeah, it's like a telethon. Ah, okay, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Well, look it up anyway. What is it? What is it again? Uh, it's the Jimmy Fund. The Jimmy so Fund. This... All right, everybody, look it up. It's a very important cause. Jimmy Fund. Cancer yes, research, for. Uh, yes. It's the Dana, yeah. It's it's the twentieth, twenty first. Jimmy Fund um, raises money to support adult and pediatric cancer care for the Dana Farber Cancer Institute in Boston. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely go look that up. Uh, help that help out the fight against cancer. Fuck cancer. It sucks. Uh, I don't need to tell you that, Greg. But on a lighter note. Baseball, you mentioned it. The Phillies playing the Red Sox. Phillies going for their first series win in Boston in twenty years, Greg. It's been a while since uh, the Phillies were able to do any sort of damage to the Red Sox in uh, 
the friendly confines of Fenway Park. I know, the, I know uh, that's normally reserved for another place, but I didn't know how else to describe Fenway. All right, did you say the most majestic, perfect place on Earth? Ah, all right. I'll, I, I'll keep a note of that to know to call it that next time. <laughs> I didn't know. Didn't know. Should have known when I went last year, but I didn't know. Anyway. We yeah, I'm, all... surprised you, I'm surprised you didn't get the feeling. Yeah, when I went last year. Um... I said, do you want to tease the uh, interview that we, the first interview, uh, yeah, the first interview that we've had on the it bullpen is. card? Yeah, I had Mike Clark from the Pilot Season podcast on. Greg, he's a big Yankee fan, so we talked 2019 Yankees. We talked the upcoming Yankee. Or... <laughs> uh, I mentioned Ew. trying to get compliments about the Yankees out of you. It's like pulling teeth. There's a little tease for that interview. But we talked to Yankees. We talked Yankees Dodgers. Ew. That series is coming up this weekend. We talked about his show and uh, me going on to do a home-and-home. Home. We have yet to determine what show I'll be doing with him, but... Uh, we talked a lot of Yankees. We got his favorite stadium snack, Greg. Uh, but yeah, that was a ton of fun. That'll be coming up soon. Good. But Greg, let's get to our business, the usual business, hot and cold teams of the past week since uh, it's been actually over a week since we last recorded. So I think us looking at the last 10 days is actually applicable since uh, we recorded last Monday and it's not Wednesday night. But Greg, we will start in the American League. And do you want me to go or do you want to start? Um, Jordy, I'll go first. Okay, <laughs> that's if that's okay. Yeah, by all means. So, the only team really to be considered this week, and if you say another team from the AL East, then I will, uh, I will hundred percent skip the this this interview, even though it's our first one, and I'm a supporter of the pod. <laughs> The Oakland Athletics would be the hot team of the week, Jordy. They uh, absolute tear, including taking three out of four versus the Astros. They won their first game versus that team that you mentioned from New York uh, last night. So they are winners uh, of one, two, three, four, five, six of their last seven. Unreal. Good, good, good little run for them. Uh, and at a seemingly this time every year they get hot. They do this. Now they've positioned themselves half a game behind the Rays for the wild for the second wild card, um, and a game and a half behind the Indians for the first wild card. So they really are positioning themselves nicely as they have done the last three years to to sneak into that play in wild card game. And uh, you know it's 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 going to be interesting. It's Rays watch. You know you mentioned it, but. The athletics are coming for them yet again, year over year. Uh, it's happening one more time. Yeah, Oakland they athletics get close, hot team. Or they find that spot. Hot Obviously, team. two years ago, they got just short, and the Twins were the ones who faced the Yankees in that wild, that wild, wild card game. Remember that, where Severino got pulled in the first inning? Uh, but we're talking the, the athletics. They did win against the Yankees last night. Um, and they're, I mean, they're doing exactly what we think the the – A's are going to do. They hit the long ball. They manufacture runs, and they did a good job of that last night against the Yankees. They did that against the Astros. Um, their pitching staff has been you know, pretty solid as of late, and slowly but surely they're starting to become one of the better staffs in the American League. 
a plus 98 run differential. That's better than all but the division leaders. It's better than the Rays now, which is um, a feat to be to be had. And they've scored a good amount of runs. It's it's actually close to the bottom of the AL West, but of the American League itself, it's better than almost all of the AL Central except for the Twins and everybody in the American League East except for the Yankees and the Red Sox. So they are in a prime spot, like you said, to do their usual second half push. A very good home team, not necessarily the best on the road. And you know what? It makes getting that wild card one oh so much more important. They're going to be playing a lot of games down the stretch on the road as well. They have to go to Yankee Stadium next week. They have to go to Kansas City right before that. They'll go to Houston for a pivotal pivotal four-game series. And they close out the, the season with a week on the road. So that'll really determine a lot of how their season goes. They have to play a lot of the, the lower-tiered teams in the American League, playing the Angels, the Tigers, the Rangers, the Royals a bunch. So they get their opportunities here. But those games against the Yankees, those games against the Astros are going to show a lot of what's going on with this Oakland Athletics team. And if their starting staff continues to be as solid as it has been, uh, there's no reason to think that they can't overcome either the Indians, the Twins, the Rays for that second one, for one of those two wild cards, whether it's wild card one or wild card two. And they seemingly peak, at, you know, same time every year. They have it down to a science. They know when they're going to be hot. They 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 smell they smell the Raiders and the football pads and and all that other stuff going on in their stadium. And they're like, you know what? Not so fast, my friends. We're still here. We're still uh, there's still baseball going on. You're going to keep this this sand on the field for and this gravel and this dirt as long as uh, our season's still going. We're alive. Sounds like a pain to slide into gravel. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the only hot team. I, uh, I don't disagree with you. That's the only <laughs> hot team. That's the only hot team in the week for the American League. Let's move on to the National League, Jordy. National League, what do you got? <laughs> um. I mean, to your point, we talk. We're uh, talk with Mike about the Yankees a ton. They were seven and three. Um, just to give some honorable mentions, um, the Twins are, are certainly one to, to throw out there. Six and four in their last ten, uh, having themselves a, a pretty good week. Uh, they did lose a series to the White Sox at home over the over the weekend, which is a little tough, um, including a quite literal bleacher creature kind of a. Pers- it's not personifying, but. Uh, putting a, a pretty good image on the week of a squirrel running onto the field during the game and in, interrupting the game, interrupting a White Sox-Twins game. But uh, they did sweep the Rangers last week, and they really put on a show down in Arlington, a nice road sweep. And last weekend, they did, or at the beginning of last week, rather, they did split a series with the Brewers in Milwaukee. So you got to give them a lot of props there for their cross-league rival. Um, so that's probably my honorable mention, because uh, the Yankees would be it if, if Mike and I hadn't. Gone into great depth with it, so just another tease for that interview. Yeah, but you can't really say the Yankees are. Oh, they've had a great run because they beat the Orioles and they took two out of three versus the Indians, which the Red Sox did the same thing. So well, they, split, they actually split with the Indians. So oh, so so even worse. Let's not get carried away. And then they lost last night. So yeah, they they took a four game sweep of the Orioles and they won. They 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 split with the Blue Jays and split with the Indians. <laughs> Hasn't really been that great a week for them. Um, hey, it's not their fault. But yeah, the no, I love. So I love, I love your uh, your twins and uh, 
Twins little little shout out and reference. So, Jordy, National League since um, I talked first, a lot going on in the National League East, but I have a feeling you're going to go for the Central for your hot team. What do you think? Uh, you know what? Since you teased it that way, Greg, I might as well feed into it. No, I'll no, no. Go. no, 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 stop, stop. I'll pick the Central. You pick whoever you want. <laughs> No, I was going to go with the Cardinals. I just wanted to give you shit. Uh, the Cardinals winners have eight of their last ten, three straight. They uh, in what's turning out to be quite a battle with the Cubs, the Brewers. The St. Louis Cardinals have started to peak as we have kind of thought they might be able to do. Um, we've got, kind of gone back and forth on which way they'd go. They are in the midst of playing the Milwaukee Brewers for a sweep, but the Brewers are up 5 nothing currently uh, in the fifth inning, so they may not complete it there. So their their little mini-winning streak at 3 nothing may fall just short of becoming a full sweep of their division rivals. But still, they'll, they'll have won a series against the Brewers. They split a road series in Cincinnati, and we've talked about how good the Reds have been at home, ad nauseum, basically. But they previously, before that, they'd won five in a row. Two against the Royals, a full sweep of the Pirates, and they're just they're seeing the ball well. Their pitching staff is coming into form, and this is exactly what they were built to do. Their front office always does a very good job of building up from the farm up, and they acquire Paul Goldschmidt. He's starting to come on a little bit. Dexter Fowler, who they signed a few years back, he's had a big week for them. And, I mean, if this is the the streak that these guys are going to go on coming into September with the roster that they've built throughout the last year, the offseason included, this is going to be a fun stretch to see them and the Cubs and the Brewers battle it out for <clears throat> a wild card spot, potentially two wild card spots, depending on how the Phillies and Nationals do. And obviously the division crown. And the biggest thing I think that we need to keep an eye out on is streakiness. We've seen a little bit out of that throughout this year, uh, including in the second half where they've gone on great winning streaks. But they've also gone on a tough road trip out west where they got swept by both the A's and the Dodgers. Uh, But one of the better second half teams and one of the better stories in baseball, because we've been kind of waiting for this to happen. So that is my NL hot team <clears throat> as they currently are losing to the Brewers, but then we'll host the Colorado Rockies this weekend, the St. Louis Cardinals of Bush. Oh, I love it, Jordy. And, yeah, no, I like it. And and that's a great choice because also, uh, you know, last week we were talking about the Cubs doing the same thing and, and how they were – Oh, you know, separating themselves and and making a little run while you know the other teams are going the other direction, and this week they flip it on their heads. Um, you know, starting with getting swept by your fighting fills, the Cubs, and uh, you know, it Ooh. really set the tone for their for their poor week. Um, so it's a perfect time for the Cardinals to get hot and take advantage of the Cubs losing really what it is. They got hot, took advantage of the Cubs losing. And, and that was that. Um, I, I less want to talk. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I want to just one last thing. I'm sorry for interrupting you on the Cardinals. Uh, they do play the Cubs of in seven of their last 10 games. 
Uh, the Brewers, they'll play for the final time in the middle of September. So they really have an opportunity to control a lot of their destiny, depending on how the Brewers bounce back and if they can regain their form that they had had for so long with the NL Central lead, the Brewers, that is. Um, but if it really is turning into a Chicago-St. Louis battle for first place, as Milwaukee has not capitalized on either team being cold and has stayed a few games out, they're four games out of the NL Central right now, um, that seven of, last of, their, of each team's last ten games between the Cubs and Cardinals might turn into uh, must-see TV for every fan of National League baseball teams, uh, myself included as a Phillies fan. Dodgers fans are probably wondering who they're going to have to see coming out of the, a potential wild card game and a potential NLCS opponent. So it uh, that really is starting to become the not the road through the NL because that's certainly through LA, but it's becoming a uh, more and more of a main storyline of National League baseball. And that sort of touches what I was going to say is that the National League East, I don't necessarily want to talk about. You're right, the Dodgers at the West, you know, it is it is what it is. They're unreal, and, and somehow the Giants are in second place. I guess the Diamondbacks really fell that far off without Granke or whatever you want to call it. But um, anyway, the Giants will go National- away. That's their big thing, to just uh, jump on them. They're, they're 19... If a team makes the playoffs with... with less than 75 wins like what a joke the national league is a joke the the national league is a joke if if 75 that's an under 500 record greg that's what i mean like on pay sorry my point is that they need to be minimum at 75 right now with 74 because you the wild card in the in the east but like this is a joke this is a joke you got teams where, where that are, are that 74 are fo- wins from the American League, how good, how good the American League, the how good the American League wild card teams are, Jordy. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about oh, Tampa Bay Rays, okay. Cleveland Indians. I'm talking about the National League being a joke. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the the my hot team of the week is not 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 particularly one team. I was gonna say the Cardinals, but it's the it's the National League East, the Atlanta Braves, and the Washington Nationals. Um, the fact that the both teams are setting themselves up nicely for the playoffs. You know, you get, um, sorry, you get the the Braves just essentially showing themselves as a threat to to the Dodgers, and then you get the Nationals really taking over the first wild card spot um, with this week that they've had, and also taking advantage of the Cubs losing and and. Yeah, all that stuff. So, for me, Jordy, I feel like if things keep going the way they're going, unless the Phillies can somehow catch the Nationals, I have a feeling the Nationals are going to be the top wild card team. And if the Phillies can somehow, we we teased it last week, but if the Phillies can somehow get in over one of those National League Central teams, the Phillies going into the house that Bryce built with Bryce on the Phillies instead of. The I other think it'd be team. So funny. Ah, uh, what a world! It would be not only hilarious because of how funny the, the first game back was, which uh, Bryce Harper had the last laugh after the first two at bats being strikeouts and me getting texts from my friend or a couple friends that were at the game. But oh, Bryce struck out, double and a home run next next two at bats. But 
<clears throat> we'll jump into the Phillies in a little bit, but that's a good pick of the Braves, and the Nationals, because the Nats are doing exactly what we thought they were going to do at the beginning of the season, and that is not only thrive, but separate themselves. And granted, they're six games back from, from the Braves, so that's a, a weird thing to say, but they're doing it against the teams that are on their schedule. They sweep the Reds. They take two or three from the Brewers. They're showing that Nationals Park, the house that Bryce built, as you so eloquently called it, they're showing that, that it is not a friendly place to play. And granted, the Braves took two of three from there, so did the Dodgers. So I don't know if they've put themselves into the top class of the NL, but they've shown to anybody else in the National League that you're going to have to come into our building and knock us out yourselves. And the fact that top to bottom, their lineup can produce runs at will and that they have, we talked about this all the way back with our NL Central preview, they have one of the more complete starting pitching rotations and it shows as on how their season has gone. It really is putting themselves in a position to host that wild card game. Granted, the Cubs are a game behind them. So if the Cubs, who have won three straight, including in the uh, the Little League Classic, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a uh, in segments in Bleacher Creatures. That's going to be a very interesting race to see how that develops and how the Phillies do. We'll get to it when we go to Phillies talk. We'll talk about you know their weekend series against the Marlins that may turn out to be the most important season series of 2019 for the Phillies. But the Nationals proving that Nationals Park is not a place that you can come into thinking we can roll over these guys. They lost Bryce Harper. Guys got hurt. We've, you know, we can real. Their bullpen's been shaky. Blah blah blah. No, the Nationals have had an awesome run, and it's tough to say that it's that it's cool to see because I'm a fan of a te- of a division rival. But it's good to see that a team like that didn't just roll over with the talent that they had in a slow start, losing your superstar. And that they have thrived in a season that uh, there were a lot of question marks coming into. Yeah, and and it's tough because, like you said, you know everyone thought they would have a huge hole and and everything like that. But the well, it was one or the other. You either thought they were going to be fourth place in the division, or that they were going to be that they didn't need Bryce Harper that's why it didn't matter that's why they had such the they had such swagger the fans did when the Phillies first came there so you were either on one side or the other you didn't think there was going to be any sort of middle ground and the the swagger that the Nationals fans showed in that first series against the Phillies especially that first game is it's aged very well because this team has shown that they have plenty of bite left Agreed, and and you know everyone was like, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? They have to replace the bat. They have to replace the bat. But 
they the GM's like, no, like we're good. We don't need to do shit. Like we're fine. Um, <laughs> I forgot Jeremy. I don't know. I just, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, their, I, I, I think, you know, there's stats. Yeah. No, I, I, I just think that they, you know, the GM was like, oh yeah, we're going to lose Bryce, but you know, here we'll re- redouble our efforts and, and somehow get by. The thing that, that scares me is that, the Cubs are doing everything they can and need to do everything they can to host because there's no chance they win any type of game or series on the road. No, they prove um, that. But that's, that's a different pod for a different day. So The thing I will um, say, too, with the Nationals, they do have – they have to go to Atlanta. They play the Braves a lot down the stretch. They have a – and they'll, they'll have a five-game series against the Phillies in the last week of the season. But they have to go to Atlanta. They play Atlanta – uh, seven times in September, including a four-game series down there. They have to go to Minnesota. And then their final road series are in St. Louis, which could turn out to basically being a play-in series. And then to Miami, which they're not the Phillies, so they actually can beat the Marlins. But then that five-game series against the Phillies, and then a three-game series against Cleveland. So if Cleveland's already... If they've won the if they've won the, NL, the AL Central, that could be a... Nationals get a few wins here. If Cleveland's fighting for the division or fighting for the wild card, that could turn into something. So the Nationals road down the stretch, they put the Mets right at the beginning of the month to it. And uh, their September is not the easiest. So it's going to be very, very intriguing how this NL, this NL East race, well, not the race because the Braves, unless they really fuck it up, the Braves are the East. But the NL wild card race and how the storylines develop is going to be very interesting. And a lot of it, Similar to uh, how it's gonna how it's gonna develop in the NL Central, a lot of it is gonna be very dependent on how the Nationals do. Oh, I agree, and and uh, I think that I mean you hit the nail on the head. It's 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 gonna be exciting. It's gonna be a fun September. It, the Nationals, Cubs, Cardinals intertwined here, and the Braves. Dodgers sitting, you could say, in driver's seat, but uh, it wasn't too long ago the Red Sox blew, uh, you know, a nine-game lead. Or how far down were, were the Rockies when they came back and ended up losing to the Red Sox in the World Series? But how far down were they when they came back through September alone? So that same that same year, the Phillies with the Mets. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> crazier things have happened. Had to mention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazier, th- yeah, exactly. Crazier things have happened. So, um, the fact they're all playing each other is impressive, and and it's funny because ESPN has playoff potential right now. The Cardinals leading the Central are at a fifty nine percent to make the playoffs, and the Cubs, who are in second, are at a seventy seven percent. So, weirdly enough, they have more of a chance to make the playoffs than the team ahead of them. Um, so, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Anywho, Jordy. Give me a uh, well. Let's pivot. Let's go. Want to go to the interview? All right, let's go to the interview. It is Mike Clark of the Pilot Season Podcast. He and I, like we said, talked about the Yankees. It was a ton of fun. Talked about his podcast and what he's doing over a pilot season. So everybody, enjoy the interview with Mike Clark. We now welcome on a good buddy of mine. It is Mike Clark of the Pilot Season Podcast. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. 
Brody, thank you for inviting me, man. Looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. So let's start with your show, with Pilot Season. I've listened to a couple of them. It is a pretty awesome show. Why don't you tell everybody the origin of it and kind of the, the main gist of it? Sure. So um, last June, uh, my brother actually got married. And uh, the, the day of the wedding, I had a bunch of like family, friends, people come up to me and be like, hey, so like, what do you... Like, what are you doing now? I explained my job and like, all right, so what are you doing for fun? And like, what are your hobbies? I didn't really have a great answer to it um, (laughs) because it's hard to, as a person, like in your thirties to be like, oh, like these are the hobbies that I do. And I I definitely have hobbies. Uh, So I wanted to have a better answer to that question. uh, And so I just decided I would go forward with uh, the idea for the podcast. Uh, So what I do is I... Um, I'm joined by a friend of mine always, uh, it's a, you know, it rotates my guests, uh, and we look at the first episode of a TV show, the pilot episode, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we break it down, we uh, take questions, and uh, what I do is I create a brand new theme song for each of the shows as well, and so we've done um, a lot of really fun shows, uh, I actually just recorded a show last night, um, I, I think uh, we did The Office. We did uh, uh, Shit's Creek recently. Yeah. Uh, I just recorded a bonus episode about Hard Knocks. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's a really fun answer to the question, what are you doing with your free time? What is your hobby? Uh, I've really enjoyed it. So I think you should definitely check it out. Um, be on the lookout because I believe uh, we're going to do a home and home. And uh, oh, yeah. you... Uh, will be uh, a guest on the podcast um, pretty soon. So awesome. that should be very exciting. Yes, I am definitely looking forward to coming on to yours. Uh, yeah, TV is, is definitely one of my big hobbies, uh, both scripted reality and all that stuff, as you know. Uh, yeah, and I, I checked out the Shit's Creek one. I'm in the midst of listening to The League, which I'm thoroughly enjoying because that was one of my favorite shows when it was airing. And it just reminds me of well, as fantasy football season's kind of ramping up and I actually have a draft later tonight. So I'm getting ready for that. So that's kind of been a nice little, uh, nice, nice little background to have as I've been doing some research on different picks that I'm, uh, having for a league that I'm joining. It's a friend of mine from high schools and it's all of his buddies from Syracuse. So I got to, uh, got to impress <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But you are a big Yankee fan. So we are having yes. you on, we're going to talk the Yankees Dodgers series, but before we do that, I want to get your thoughts on the Yankee season so far. Um, since I normally, I talk the, I'll, I'm the only one that normally talks to Yankees since Greg, my normal co-host, is a big Red Sox fan, and uh, it's like pulling teeth to get compliments out of, uh, compliments out of him about the Yankees. So I want to hear your thoughts on the Yankee season, what you've liked so far, and if there is anything that you've not liked. You know, the season's been going pretty well for you guys, but I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about the 2019 season? I really think that this is one of the most uh, likable and rootable Yankee teams in recent memory. You know, of course, like the 09 season, like that was a very special team. Uh, I'll always love that team. Of course, like the, you know, the the Dynasty era, you know, your Jeters, your O'Neills, your Bernies, like that was a really fun team also. But like guys like, guys like Gio Urshela, where in April, like I wouldn't pick Gio Urshela out of a lineup. Like has just been so like wonderful. I've been a big fan of DJ LeMayu for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So I 
was psyched when the Yankees opted to, hey, like, let's bring in LeMayu and let's say, you know what, we don't need the headache that is Machado. Yes, Machado's a great player, but the, the way that I saw that whole free agency thing, I thought, okay, all of the Red Sox fans that I know, like my brother-in-law is a huge Red Sox fan. Uh, I, I have a lot of people in my life that love the Red Sox. What did they want the Yankees to do in regards to Machado? They wanted the Yankees to get Machado because they could like make fun of him for. And if you're a Yankee fan, you want to not do the thing that every Red Sox fan that you know <laughs> wants you to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I... the... oh, I'm sorry. You keep going. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. Um, and just, I really like the way that uh, this Yankee team has been able to, um, you know, the, the next man up philosophy where how many people have been on the IL this year? It's absolutely ridiculous. And guys like, guys like Mike Talkman, guys like Cameron Mabin, guys who you never would have thought would have been a big deal for this team have really made it so like Yankee Twitter is a negative place a lot of time and you you can't it, it's hard to take these complaints very seriously when the Yankees have the best record in baseball they might actually be a game less than the Dodgers because they lost last night but they have one of the top two records in baseball and they have done it with five games from Giancarlo Stanton like 10 games from Miguel Andujar, Judge missed a month. Like, Sanchez has missed a month. And they're still absolutely raking. I have loved watching the New York Yankees this year. Yeah, and and as someone who we talked a little bit offline, and listeners know this, my dad was a huge Yankee fan, so I grew up going to a bunch of games when we'd get the opportunity, especially in the summer. But I don't get to see a ton of games that aren't on national TV. And the ones that are on there, they really step up to the big stage and and it's been cool to see just the different lineups that they've been thrown out there and and the passion that you see from Aaron Boone and from all the different all the different stories with the you know with Brett Gardner and the the dugout banging and all that stuff it's been cool to see in the next man up it's not something you think of when you think the Yankees cuz you think these these big names uh you know coming into the year obviously Stanton and all that stuff and it's been really fun to see them have the year that they're having it and almost as if everything in terms of injuries never happened. And then it's just been gangbusters for them. And it's awesome to see it. Yep. I've watched a few games on you know yep. Fox Saturday baseball or Sunday night baseball or whatever it is. Uh, the red, I watched that Red Sox series a few weeks ago where they were just absolutely hitting the shit out of them. Uh, they obviously, you know, Chris Sale's now on the IR, uh, but the one game where they just were smacking him left and right. Uh, it's, it's really fun to see. So I'm, you know, excited to see them. It's it's more fun when the Yankees are good baseball as it's fun when when both the Yankees and Red Sox are good. So I'm glad the Yankees are living up to their oh, end of the bargain. For sure. And now like I'm a Yankee fanboy and I try to uh stay positive about the team. Like I think that they are you know, they they're very capable of, you know, lifting up a another World Series trophy in October. But I will admit that there's the tier, the tier of the three teams of LA, Houston, and the Yankees, I think are like 
with a bullet, the three teams that everyone agrees, like, oh, those are the three best teams in baseball. You can put them in whatever order you want. I fully admit that of those three, the starting pitching of the New York Yankees is v- very, like, clearly third. They're pitching, oh, yeah. Their starters are not as good as LA's. Their starters are not as good as Houston's. But what I didn't understand was, no, the Yankees didn't make a deadline move this year. And a lot of people were really upset with Cashman and say, like, oh, like, Cashman, like, is the worst. And why wouldn't he deal anyone? Like, we needed Robbie Ray to really boost our team. Like, we need Robbie Ray. Especially <laughs> on the price that the Diamondbacks wanted us to give Rob for Robbie Ray. Um, to, so two things to that. One, how can you say fire Cashman when Gio Oshella, DJ LeMayu, Mike Talkman, like all of these guys were anyone could have had them. Like anyone could have had them this, uh, this uh, winter Cashman has fleeced so many people on these little like rejects. Cameron Maybin, no one wanted Cameron Maybin and Cameron Maybin's been great for the Yankees this year. So you can't have it both ways where you're like, Oh, like we love Cashman when he's getting Mike Talkman out of nowhere, but like, F this guy because I really wanted Noah Syndergaard on the Yankees. Like, it does, it, it, that doesn't make sense. And then if you look back to the last two trade deadlines for the Yankees, mm-hmm. their big acquisitions, Sonny Gray, flamed out in New York. Jay Happ, I like the guy. He has been a disaster this year. He's not going to start a playoff game. Like, why do we think that all of a sudden – after two bad trade deadline deals in a row, the third one's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Why do we think that Robbie Ray is going to be great in the Bronx? And then all the Yankees be like, oh, but Houston got Granky. Why didn't we? Granky's a basket case when it comes to New York. He had a no trade. They didn't want Granky in New York. Granky didn't want to come to New York. Granky was never going to happen. So, yeah, I, I think that. The Yankees will have to outslug people in the playoffs. I think that they need to use the fact that they have uh, a phenomenal bullpen in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I am looking every day at – I'm scoreboard watching for Houston. I want home field yep. because look what happened in 2007 when the Yankees and the Astros played in the ALCS. Yep. The home team won every game. And so – we need home fields, so that's what I am focusing on right now. Yeah, that's definitely uh, that's the one thing that you probably could say is that you have to scoreboard watch with it because it is right now Yankees-Houston far and away because Minnesota is slowly but surely creeping up there. They're three and a half behind Houston, if I'm counting this correctly, for third place in terms of division winners. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, as they keep moving, this West Coast swing – I think it's 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 pretty pivotal, but I was looking at their at their schedule coming down the stretch, and not I don't want to make this sound almost college football esque of a you know a weaker schedule that the Yankees have, which is in their favor that they're playing. If I'm counting right, four four and a half if you want to count the Red Sox playoff teams, and the half being that they're just the Red Sox are still somewhat alive, and ESPN has them as a four percent playoff opportunity, but they're you know they're still hanging around. So I mean they really have they're they're in a nice little position right now to make some sort of run and i think 
as we're you know we'll talk the Dodgers series in a second, and I'm sure a little bit of this A's series that they're in right now. I think uh, you know if they come out of this West Coast swing in a pretty good spot, I feel like that they're they're going to be in a good spot. But they do play a lot of road games, so uh, coming down the stretch, so that'll be that'll be interesting to watch for them. Sure, you know they're definitely uh, going to be away from home where they're. Uh, you know they're not they're not a bad road team. They're yeah. I think well over five hundred on the road. Oh yeah, but they have one of the best home records in baseball. Um, Yankee Stadium is a definite home field advantage. Like the fans come out to oh, the yeah. stadium this year, and uh, the splits last night that they were talking about for Domingo Herman is he's so much better at home. It's like ERA is like two point oh really two or something at home, and on the road it's like six so like there are definitely which is weird because Herman's like gives up home runs every now and then it's weird that in the band box that is right field of Yankee Stadium that uh he pitches so much better at home yeah but yeah they're gonna need to win some road games and this west coast swing is you know it's it's pretty uh it's pretty important I say I I you know you don't want to leave these nine games at like four and five. Like yeah. you want to at least have a winning record on this West coast trip. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah the Phillies just went through theirs and they, uh, they went two and five two weeks ago. So I was not too pleased with that, but the last week's been pretty good for them since getting Charlie Manuel as their hitting coach. So I can't complain too much, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, this, so this A's series, they unfortunately dropped that game last night. And I wish I had known that split stat. Otherwise I wouldn't have picked Armand as my captain for DraftKings last night, but Aaron judge hit his first home run to left field, which up until that aforementioned Red Sox game, I watched, I did not know of the Aaron judge left field curse. So, you know, I think if, he starts to continue to spray his home runs all over the place. I, I feel like that's that's got to be a pretty good turning point, right? Uh, Aaron Judge has not been um, his best over the sure. past month, for sure. Um, you know, people on people online are calling Boone, calling for Boone to like move him down in the order. I don't think that's a huge. Like, I don't think it's going to be a big difference. Like, mm-hmm. I think that he's a good number two hitter, and when he was. Asked about it after the game in the post game, uh, the the reporter said, "Hey, so like, do you realize that you? Uh, how does it feel the the fact that you pulled a home run, you hit it to left field?" And Judge with like a straight face just looks at her and says, "Like, why does that matter?" Like, <laughs> says, "Well, like you haven't you you haven't hit one to left field yet this year." And he's like, "I don't care." Like, no. as long as we're, <laughs> It was like a very, long as it goes it was over a the very fence. Jeter answer where it's just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't care if he's not hitting home runs to left field if he's hitting them to right. You know what I mean? Like, a, oh, yeah. Like, they count the same amount. Um, that's why, and it's another thing where, yeah, like the Yankees just got blown out by Cleveland in a game where it was like 19 to 5 and Mike Ford had to pitch two innings and it was, it was a disaster from early on. But, you know, you talk about college football. I argue that all the time also. I'm like, hey, guys, like, this isn't the BCS. Like, it doesn't matter if we lose 2-1 to one yep. or 19-5. to five. It counts the same. Like, who who cares that, like, oh, they got humiliated at home? Like, who cares? It's yeah, the same exactly. thing as 2-1. to one. Like, It's ridiculous. Exactly, yeah. So, not to overlook the rest of the Ace series, but let's, let's talk about this Dodgers series. Because that's sort of the – that – it's a, certainly a World Series preview or potential World Series preview, obviously. Houston – and New York are on a right now a 
crash course for the ALCS unless somebody has something mm-hmm. else to say about it. But this Dodgers series, I think yeah. it's from an outsider's perspective, it's building up to be obviously two games on national TV, but it's building up to be one of the better series out there. Uh, so I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to check out both games. Uh, the one on, on Fox Sports, Fox Sports 1 on uh, – or FS1. I forgot they, they shortened themselves. On Saturday and then Sunday Night Baseball yeah. at Dodger Stadium. What are your thoughts going into it? How do you feel going to Dodger Stadium? I, I think it's going to be – like it's going to be fun. Like the Yankees don't play there very often, interleague play, of yep. course, and – uh, you know, whenever the AL East will play the NL West, they'll rotate. So I think last time the Yankees and Dodgers played, they played at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be really fun to uh, watch these games at Dodger Stadium. I think that, uh, it, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to get a – you know, I watch a lot of American League Baseball. I don't watch a whole lot of the National League. Mm-hmm. But, like, I- I'm looking forward to seeing um, – like I want to see Chapman versus Bellinger at the end of a game, and like I want to see like really exciting matchups that normally like you're not gonna you're not gonna see. I want to see CC hit for the last time, like hopefully yeah. not the last time because they make the World Series, but for the last time in the regular season, I want to see CC and you you know like knowing CC is gonna try to um, you know take. Walker Bueller deep or whoever's pitching for the Dodgers and Boone's going to be like watching cringing like CC like no <laughs> that was always his big thing too when like, he was on the, the Indians straight, take the K yeah when What's he was that? back in the Indians he'd always be he'd always that was the first thing he'd talk about oh the next starts at an NL park and I can't wait to hit yeah and he's, he, he, I think he has three home runs in his career yeah so. something like that he loves um, to slug it yeah yeah yeah, so I'm looking forward to just seeing some of the matchups that, um, seeing some of these players. Like I want to see, uh, I, I want to see guys like Seager, um, see if uh, uh, what the Yankees can do against a guy like uh, like Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be really interesting. Um, the starters that are lined up for it. Let me just do some math here quickly. Uh, I believe is going to be, um, it should be. For the Yankees, uh, Paxton will go Friday, mm-hmm. I believe, and then CC Saturday and wait, no, yeah, that's uh, what ESPN has. CC Saturday, Tanaka yeah. Sunday, maybe, or they Tanaka have, Saturday, uh... CC Sunday. Yeah, I think it's Paxton, Tanaka, CC. Okay, yeah, yeah. ESPN, ESPN has oh, Paxton, Tanaka CC, goes Erman on Sunday night on. Uh, yes, yes, because I realize Tanaka goes tomorrow yeah. against uh, Tanner Rourke. So yeah, so it'll be yeah. And then do you, does ESPN say who the Dodgers have lined up? They don't have their Saturday starter, but they have Ryu Friday. Nobody yet Saturday, Oof. which is kind of weird uh, that they have. And, then they have Kershaw, Kershaw Sunday, Sunday. And then they don't have anybody Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. And they have their starters for next Wednesday and f- next Friday. So I don't know why they okay. are setting it up that – or uh, no, those are different teams. That's why. Like it might be <laughs> it, might, it might be Maeda. It might be Bueller. Like I don't know who is – I don't know who's going for them. I'm going to pull up the LSI and see but... if I can try to deduce it while you uh, you continue. Yeah, I think I think uh, that that'll be a great test for the Yankees to see what they can do against Ryu. Uh, Ryu's been, you know, a hot take alert. Ryu's been fantastic this year, and uh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. he really <laughs> um, his uh, yeah he's going to be very he's going to be quite the test for this Yankee lineup. Um, uh, Luke Voigt has been 
in uh, rehabbing in the minors. Luke Voigt's another person that you can say that Cashman did a great job finding. Um, oh, so yeah. Voigt Absolutely. isn't going to be back until the homestand. So that that's unfortunate. I, you know, I, I miss uh, I miss seeing uh, the the right hand to Jason Giambi in uh, in the lineup. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I want to see uh, like I want to see what Glaber does on the big stage. I love Glaber. Like Glaber is. Yeah. You know, these these Yankee middle infielders throughout my life have been the people that I've really drawn to. Like, I loved Jeter. I loved Cano. I loved Didi. Uh, I love Glaber. Glaber's so – he's so – much, and it's crazy that he's 22 years old and is hopefully, like knock on wood, only going to get better. Yeah. And it's amazing because he's going to – he has 29 home runs right now. He's 22 years old, made the all-star team both seasons of his career. Um I love Glaber. I really do. Yeah, he's. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the middle infielders. Have, it's and it's the, exactly that next man line, uh, next man up mentality, and it's it's been awesome to see because you know obviously Didi started the year hurt and he's come back and he's been great and it's been fun to watch just how the different plug and play and it's cool that they that we're talking Yankees Dodgers because the Dodgers are almost the masters of the plug and play move guys all around. Ah. The, all around the diamond to figure out what works the best way. So kind of seeing these two different minds come at each other and see how they're going to build lineups, I think is going to be really exciting to see, especially with how the Yankees having to use the pitcher batting and not having a designated hitter there, seeing how they build it. And almost like a slow start to a chess match, you know, just in case they have to face each other in the World Series and not reveal... What every single card in their hand is, not to mix up different games, but a lot of strategy yeah, I feel like will be yeah, involved yeah. for this. Yeah, but also though, you, the Yankees and the Dodgers are in a tight heat for best record in baseball, sure. and, and you want that going into October because you want home field during the World Series. And mm. I don't think um, you know, like, like you said, like it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see um, how the Yankees respond to um, the, the LA pitching. Uh, that's just two, the, those, those bookends of, of Ryu and Kershaw are, are you know, going to be really, really tough to, I think that, I think that Kershaw is, I think he gets a lot of not like flack, but a lot of people assume that Clayton Kershaw isn't good anymore mm-hmm. because he's not what like, Clayton Kershaw at like the height of his powers is Clayton Kershaw is still a damn good pitcher. Oh like, yeah. Kershaw is, you know, he's been killing it for my fantasy team. Uh, he's still, he's still awesome. And he, but he doesn't have to be the guy right now because yeah. like Ryu is doing great. Beeler's doing great. And so Kershaw can kind of be under the radar. I almost compare Kershaw to um, the 2009 uh, Cole Hamels. For the yeah. Fans. That's a really good comparison. Yeah, because he's he doesn't have Cole Hamels was still the guy on that on that staff, but right now he doesn't need to be. And just similarly to that team, the Phillies had Jamie Moyer was still kicking around then. The Phillies picked up Pedro late and he became a lot of the Pedro, yep. yep. He became a lot of the storylines. It was probably right around now that they, they signed it. And he started game two and six. Like yes. he was definitely yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. And then, and then the Phillies, obviously, the first stint of Cliff Lee, that was the trade deadline there. So it kind of took a lot of the pressure off of Cole. Um, and he he pitched okay in that World Series. He 
infamously had the the quote talking about that he was you know ready for the off season to start before the series ended and part part of that is because his wife was pregnant and all that sort of stuff but that's a really good comparison because he was integral down the stretch and and because of Cliff Lee being the big name there he was able just to kind of do his thing and and ho-hum keep it going along and and he really rebounded after a bad start in the in the Rocky series he did well against the Dodgers of all teams in that in that NLCS and then you know the the Yankees end up pulling away with that that series but yeah Pedro Cliff Cole not necessarily the murderer's role in- of, of even Philly's Cole, Cole, Cole Hamels should have uh, Cole should have known not to groove a fastball to Andy Pettit, the uh, the hard hitting Andy yes. Pettit. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my god. Yeah, that uh, there's some parts of that World Series that I blocked out, <laughs> as you might imagine. <laughs> uh, I did win a bet though. My one buddy, <laughs> my one buddy was convinced that they were going to pl- face the Dodgers. He was a big Yankee fan, a friend of mine from high school. So we bet of the Phillies or Dodgers. So. I won the NLCS bet, but he won. He got the World Series ring, so I guess he got the last laugh. So, you know, live and learn. But yeah, that uh, Pedro in that World Series. I mentioned I went to Game Two. It was uh, that was wild to see because I had previously seen at the old stadium Pedro as a Red Sox. I don't know if we went to the Who's Your Daddy game, my dad and I, but I've seen a couple mm-hmm. couple interesting Pedro at Yankee Stadium starts throughout his career. There are some, you know, there are some guys who have had good careers that just uh, have not pitched great against the Yankees, especially at the stadium where you got Pedro, uh, famously David Price has a really Really hard time pitching at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and a guy like like, uh, Kluber, like Kluber lost the clincher to the Yankees in 2017 mm-hmm. uh, in Cleveland should have lost game two. Like they really, the Yankees really uh, trounced Kluber in that game. You know, unfortunately uh, Lindor had a grand slam and that whole mystery that uh, got Girardi fired. Um, <laughs> speaking of Girardi, I think that a lot of Yankee fans have really warmed to Boone this year. Okay. Uh, and I think, you know, it has to do with, you know, the, the effing savages in the box. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, you know I have a Savages in the Box t-shirt. Do you really? Um, <laughs> yeah, of course I That's do. Yeah, awesome. I love, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that the, the Yankee fans this year who, like, last year were like, oh, like, Boone doesn't do anything and, you know, Boone the buffoon. My dad calls Boone Boone the buffoon. Boone I'm like, buffoon. I don't know what you're seeing that, like, you hate Aaron Boone so much. Um but I think the Yankee fans are, like, seeing, like, oh, he's firing. He's getting thrown out of games. And he's, like, really, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, we are savages. I'm like, he was doing that last year. Like, I don't know what you're missing, but whatever. <laughs> so um, I like Boone. I think Boone is lined up right now to be uh, manager of the year in the AL. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, and it's, it's and you, you mentioned uh, Gardner with, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> banging the bat on the dugout and, Got thrown out for it over the weekend, but that's become uh, one of the new uh, rallying calls for the Yankees, where they get a hit, uh, they do the four fingers, and then they do the the bat motion. That's incredible! Yeah, that uh, it's fantastic. That story was wild to see. I was unaware of, of anything regarding to it, so there 
they of course had you know all the different reports of what was going on and and all this different stuff what uh during the uh this sunday night little league classic between the the cubs and pirates so they try buster Olney's interviewing kids who are who are eating ice cream and trying to report on brett gardner getting thrown out of games <laughs> just a completely wild see i don't know if you watched that game at all the one little kid's like t- shutting down his dad bringing him ice cream is one of the more insane things while you're trying to learn about to Brett, Gardner, Brett Gardner's uh, dugout antics. <laughs> but yeah. what else, what else for the rest of the season do you want to see coming down the stretch going into the playoffs? Is there any, anything that you want to see from the Yankees? hundred percent. Um, I want to see Seve on the bump. I want to see Severino uh, back in pinstripes, pitching off the mound. I don't know if it's going to be out of the pen. I don't know if it's going to be uh, starts, but uh, I think this team needs good Severino. And I, I, that would be so fantastic. That could be our, um, and this is so cliche to say, but like, I'll say it. he could be our um, our trade deadline guy. We're the guy who didn't have all year. And here comes September and he's throwing smoke. Um, kind of like Jabba in 2007, where just like set the world on fire. Uh, and we know that Seve can be great. We know that Severino can be one of the best in the game. We also know that, you know, he, all of the second half of last year uh, was pretty bad and was bad against Boston in the, in the, in the playoff game in the ALDS. But I want to see Seve back. Uh, and then the other one I want to see is uh, I want to see – I'm assuming Voight's going to be okay and Voight's mm-hmm. going to be in the lineup. I want to see Stanton get some at-bats in September to see what we have. If Stanton is fully healthy going into October, like, yeah, I know a lot of Yankee fans don't love Stanton because he was bad in the series against Boston last year. And you know what? I don't think that we need to judge a guy who is so talented and is so uh, such a fantastic player based on, you know, a bad series. Like Jeter had bad series. For sure. Gino Martinez had bad series. Like we're we're not, you know, one one of my guys from the 2009 season, uh, Swisher. Like Swish had a big home run in the World Series. Swish had a bad playoffs. <laughs> like I still love Swish though, and I yeah. still was happy when Swisher would come up in a big spot. Um, I, I so yeah, those are my two guys. I really want to see Sevy and I want to see Stanton uh, get some work in September to see if they're gonna be. Uh, ready for the the playoff run. Yeah, uh, that's that's awesome, and, and hopefully they do get that that time. I just looked it up um, just on the ESPN injuries, and it looks like both are close to coming back. Is that is am I reading this correctly, or am I look looking in the wrong spot on ESPN? Uh, uh, Savvy's uh, thrown off the bound a couple times. I think he's close to doing rehab starts. Uh, Stanton's doing baseball activities. Uh, whatever that means. Right. <laughs> and I think yeah, it looks Cashman, like Voight's about to start his, said, his, assign, his rehab assignment, oh, too. Voight, no, Voight's about to start rehab. He'll be back for the next homestand if nothing – if he has no setbacks. Very nice. Um, I'm not counting on Hicks. I'm not counting on Encarnacion. If any of them come back, like, that's 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 great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But um, those are those are the guys that I want to see back is Seve and Stan. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So, starting to wrap things up, one of the things we like to do, we like to talk about stadium snacks on the bullpen cart. What is your favorite food at a ballpark that you 
you could only pick one thing to eat, what would you go with? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm going to give an honorable mention to uh, one of my favorites at Yankee Stadium is they do uh, at the Nathan's, uh, yes. the Nathan's booth. They do um, uh, chicken tenders and Nathan fries, which are like the best fries. Like, yes. Go ahead and add me. I, I'll, I'll fight you for that. I had those. Uh, and they do it. They like, it's like, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, the so the only other time I've been into Yankee Stadium for a sporting event was the 2014 150th Lehigh Lafayette game. Had them for my, uh, my uh, it was like a three o'clock game, so lunch, dinner. Fantastic. That's probably one of the best, best fries, best, best chicken I've ever had. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so shout out to, like, that's definitely I'll mention, but uh, my... Favorite ballpark food, my favorite ballpark snack. Give me the soft pretzel. Yes. Oh, Big yeah. Big soft pretzel guy. Um, I prefer it like the um, in like the sourdough pretzel shape as opposed to like sometimes we've got the log. But uh, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't complain if I get the log. Like, I, I soft pretzel is just what I crave when I get into the game. Oh yeah, I'm like let's go, let's do it. Yeah. So that's my that's my pick. Love it. It's a big, you... uh, it's a big Philly thing too. So I'm sure oh, yeah. that uh, they, uh, I'm sure I had one uh, at the at the game that we uh, that we were at together. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask when. Uh, <laughs> one when of the were... things, one of the things, buddy, that 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 bonded the two of us is uh, that we both kept score at that game. Yes, so we, we did. We yeah, both we... like to keep score at baseball games we go to. Yes, we did. That's one thing. Yeah, it was one of the first talking points we had. It's, uh, yeah, definitely. It's a it's a it's a nice little uh, nice little fraternity to be in. The people that know how to keep us keep a good book. Uh, some my dad taught me. And um, oh, going back to the pretzels, uh, I was going to ask: Did you happen to see? They always have one guy, or actually multiple guys, selling pretzels. If you're if you're taking the subway, walking back there, that's the uh, the good post game snack to help uh, help if you had a couple beers, soak up a little bit of the booze, or you know help uh, help level things out. So a little next time you come down and if you're uh, taking the subway to or from a little bit cheaper, maybe a dollar or two. So it's a good play. I think it's a, uh, the twist. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good I, I, that. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And that, that, that's uh yeah, uh, the, the, definitely the, the soft pretzel is um, on the top of my list. Oh yeah. I love to hear that. Especially as you mentioned, a big, uh, Big Philly thing with the uh, number of different places you can go to. Not as big of a debate of what's your favorite spot as a uh, favorite cheesesteak around Philadelphia, but uh, <laughs> if you find the right crowd, you might be, you might be getting into a into a bit of an argument there. But Mike, this was a ton of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. And we'll, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I definitely have to have you back on, uh, maybe for a guest guest hosting for Greg for a full episode, so we can get uh, your sight your insights on the rest of Major League Baseball and other different teams out there. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the, to the backside of the home and home talking, uh, whatever show we end up deciding to do. Absolutely, brother. Um, yeah, I, I'd be, uh, happy to come back anytime. Uh, you're, you're doing a great job, buddy. And, uh, uh, keep it up. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. Special thanks again to Mike Clark for coming on. That was a ton of fun to talk Yankees, talk pilot season, talk stadium snacks, uh, Greg, let's go into some segments. Let's start with our own stadium snacks. And I have a, I have a special 
Bleacher Creature Stadium Snacks Hybrid. So I'll ask you first, do you have any stadium snacks before I give you mine? No, I can't say I have. I'm going to a game in a couple weeks, so no, I have not been. No, not for me. All righty, all righty. Well, I haven't been to a game in a while either, but we're talking about a little bit off air. The, the Little League World Series is going on right now, and things got kicked off on Sunday night uh, with the Little League Classic. And, Greg, I don't know if you saw this up on our Instagram, but during the game, Buster only was popping around to different teams, interviewing players. In the fifth inning, he happened to interview a kid from Oregon who was talking about how Chris Bryant had just did a home run and it was his favorite player. Talking about his day, because if you are unaware, the Little League Classic, they take two major league teams they haven't played, the Williamsport Crosscutters, the short season single-A affiliate of the Phillies. Uh, their stadium hosts this game, and they have all the Little League World Series teams and their parents come get to watch this game. Buster Olney's interviewing this kid, and during the day before the game, the, the Major League Baseball players hang out with the, the Little League World Series players themselves. This kid talked about how he got to hang out with the Pirates' Josh Bell, was asking him all about his favorite emojis. They were talking about all this different stuff. He's talking about how he wants to be an environmental scientist, and Greg, halfway through the interview, as Buster only keeps pointing out his teammates are all getting ice cream, his dad or his coach tries to hand him, sticks sticks an ice cream cup in his face, and the kid gives his, his coach a little one second. Puts the puts the finger in his coach's face and says, Hold on, hold on. Doesn't even say hold on. Just hold on. As he's talking to Buster Olney, like an actual pro. This guy is just the best. So a little hybrid of a Little League World Series cup of ice cream with this absolute gem of a bleacher creature, complete legend, was this kid from Oregon. Yeah, Jordy, uh, I uh, I saw that you tweeted that out. I saw that you had put that uh, out there uh, on the Twitter and the everything else. Uh, do you think that it's... How do you look at it? Do you think it's like he didn't respect his coach, or do you think he's more of like a, sorry, coach, I'm big-timing you for whatever else is going on around me right now? He was a pretty serious kid, so I want to think he was just in the zone, he was ready for Buster, and it was without question that he goes, throws that, throws the finger up of, hold on, hold my ice cream while I talk to Buster, because he's asking me all about my day talking to the Pirates and the Cubs, getting to watch Chris Bryant at a home run. This kid is nothing but class. All right, all right, all right. That's one way to look at it. So, Greg, do you have anything? All right. Any bleacher creatures? Jordy, so we touched on it at the beginning of the show. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, uh, you know, the, the, the Jimmy Fun thing. Um my other one would be simply the, you know, it was a big story, you know, the girl pitching, the first girl who's pitched since Monet Davis, and, and you know, she had a couple strikeouts and did her thing, and good for her, good on her. There have been, I think they said seven girls who have pitched the League World Series, mm-hmm. six of which have been from the U.S. Mm-hmm. 
know which country the other pitcher was from? I do not. I'll take a guess. Um, hmm. Well, I know that South Korea is pretty successful in the tournament, so I'll say South Korea. No. No. Um, what what continent are they from? Is it Asia, Europe, South America? Uh. Oh. Let's see. You might as well just tell me. The answer, Jordy. <laughs> yes, the answer is. Now I, c- I could have this wrong, but I'm pretty sure I don't. The answer is, do you remember a couple years ago they had the whole, um, they had that the Saudi Arabia team would come, but they're all like military kids living on the base, like American kids living on the base? No, I do not remember this. Okay, so yeah, there's the team from Saudi Arabia, they were all uh, American military families and and American kids living in Saudi Arabia because they were living on an American base, blah, blah, blah. So it was them. It was that team. So technically not American because from Saudi Arabia, but okay. still, uh, still somewhat of American because they technically are American citizens. Interesting. Did not know that. Do you know that? Uh, Sorry, the, trick. The girl this trick year, question. she was the first girl to be a part of a no hitter in the history of the League World Series. Is that the the girl pitching this year, Maddie? From Virginia, oh, but her, but her team was the one who got no hit. Not, no, no. They they completed two straight no hitters. They're the first team ever to complete two straight no hitters, and she's the first no, girl no, to no, ever no, pitch no. in a in a no hitter in the Little League World Series. No, 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 no. That's not true. That this girl, she played for Minnesota. No, she played for Minnesota. Her team lost in the no hitter. Southeast was the, was the. Maddie. I'm pretty sure she's from Minnesota. Southeast. I'm pretty sure she's from, from Southeast. Yeah. Southeast was the team. Maddie Franking and the hist- Oh no, Maddie Maddie Franking making her mark is the only girl at the Little League World Series from a couple days ago. She's from. Uh, oh fuck! You're right. She is from Minnesota. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> Yikes! Now would be a good time to insert the part where you say I'm unreal. So oh, Jesus! If you could uh, do that. Oh no, That'd be awesome. Jordy. Well, Virginia's the first team ever. It's <laughs> two no-hitters. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Her team was on the other end of it. Yeah, Boy, that's embarrassing. Uh, whoops. Um, well, she's been great in the Little League World Series. And, uh, Yikes. Egg on your face. She hasn't been that great, but egg on your face. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, can't cut this. Got to uh, profit. <laughs> Yikes, break. buddy. That's why I the profit. Yikes. Uh, but yikes, staying in the Holy World yikes, Series yikes, with, yikes, with yikes. Bleacher Creatures, did you see Puig imitating a kid with the full crouch batting stance over the weekend? Yes, well played. That's yeah. a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good that one. That was pretty hilarious. I mean, so for those who don't know, for those who don't know, uh, this kid from Mexico tried to be a little cheeky, essentially was in a catcher squat uh, for the first two pitches he saw, and Ironically enough, trying to create the smallest strike zone, and ironically enough, the umpire called a strike. Yasiel Puig went out and did the same thing the next night or two nights later and uh, did a similar crouch, did the whole thing, did it up, and turns out he also 
it was also called a strike. So it didn't work for either one of them. But uh, I always wondered if that, like, if you made if you made that that small, like, if you made your strike zone that small, and the, let's say the pitch was at the top of a normal strike strike zone, would the umpire call it a strike because that's normal strike zone, or does he have to go based on body? Because a six four guy, you would think, is at a disadvantage, no? Yeah, yeah. In theory, they have a larger strike zone because it's from the letters to the waist. Um, yeah, I've. Always, I mean, in my mind, it's the same as is crowding the plate. It's the strike zone is still over the plate itself. It doesn't just rotate because you are inside on you know inside on it. Um, but I guess that's a little different than than a height advantage or disadvantage. Um, but I thought it was just funny to see Puig still even a a different team keeping his antics up. Uh, even moving to the Indians, where uh, I don't know, I feel like that's something Tito lets lets fly of just crazy batting stances and stuff like that, keeping keeping the clubhouse light. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and and Tito is uh, or Puig. You could, I mean, definitely not making any Manny Ramirez type comparisons, but he's more of like a Damon, uh, you know, that weirdo, also polarizing, also fun and. You know, you put up a Xantix. So, yeah, Francona has definitely managed personalities before. So, great, great little uh, way, to, way to, that was good. Way to pull that all together. I like that. Oh, yeah. And I have one last one, Greg. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you heard about the minor league baseball phenom, The Fridge? Pretty. <laughs> I have, but for those who don't know, please inform the people. So some of you may remember the freeze, which was the, who is the Atlanta Braves in between innings entertainer, um, former sprinter who they'll have someone go out and run as far as they can. Well, to get a head start because the freeze is that fast that he will catch up to you. Well, Greg, Minor League Baseball has introduced the fridge, and he's a man who gives me all hope in the world for my stature, because this man looks very similar to me with his beer belly. He goes out, and it looks like the opposite of the freeze, except that he, this, our friend the fridge is the one in, in the full spandex suit. He actually has basketball shorts on over his spandex. He gets the head start. He is the, the employee of the team. But you'd expect with his size that he needs the head start. Um, you know, us bigger men, Greg, as I'm sure you can. Oh, no. Greg, you were the, uh, you won awards on our football team. So you might be the exception to the rule. But uh, the fridge goes out running. does not look like he has the greatest form. And his challenger quickly evades the head start and, and gets a, a big jump on our friend the fridge. But, Greg, that's where this plot gets twisted. Because the fridge, as it turns out, Greg, is just like you. He is the most athletic, <laughs> non-athletic looking person and is faster than the challenger. And by the grace of God, does the fridge win this race. It is by far, if you have not seen this video, go look it up. It is one of the funnier things. It flips all expectations on upside the head. It is hilarious. I thought, at first I just thought this was like some guy, some dude who works for 
marketing. It's his second year trying to impress the GM of this minor league team. Be like, I got this promotion. I'm gonna be the fridge. I'm gonna be the fridge. Make fun of my size. The Braves got the freeze. I'm the fridge. But no, it is incredible. Jordy, the story is hilarious. Yes, but more. F- what's more? F- uh. The whole time I was distracted because all I was thinking about was you doing an audiobook. Me on an audiobook? I need you to narrate more things because the suspense you had on this, the. the <laughs> Power Rank, what books the, do you want me to read to you, Greg? I don't know, but you had me Power sitting rank. on the edge of my seat like. I had to sit on the edge of my seat in suspense with that story. It was unreal. And the best part was I've seen the video and it's hilarious, but you made it that much better. And this guy, you know, he re- like he's wearing tight clothes. He's got the whole thing. He does the silver just like the, the freeze with the Atlanta. It's funny. It's good. Uh, and they give him a head start instead of the other way around. So it's, it's, it's a little easier, less running for him. But uh, all he's got to do is beat guys in a in a twenty yard sprint instead of the whole outfield, whatever it may be. Um, <laughs> so I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> any of the Harry Potter? No, don't want to ruin Harry because Harry Potter's already. Yeah, I don't think I can do they Harry have Potter great, justice. Jim Dale, Jim Dale, yeah. Yeah, Jordy, there's there's some good ones out there that uh you know we can take it offline, but uh, we need it to happen. All right. Well, if you have a suggestion of what books you want me to to read and and start my told own you. audiobook series, tweet it at us. <laughs> I told you, my did. roommate. I told you that my roommate solely listens to the pod because she loves your voice. I hope she loves your voice, Greg. I mean, you are spending the rest of your lives Whoa. together. Forever lease. Forever lease. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let's not give. Let's uh, let's not say that stuff. Too we don't know who. We don't know who I'm living with. <laughs> before, before marriage, how dare you, Jordy? <coughs> Greg, you're gonna kill. People me. don't know. Oh my god. The people don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Greg. Well. uh... Do we have anything else? Anything else for for this week's show? Mm. Phil's up four two now on the red. Jordy. Sox. Yeah, is that is that all that's happening? Yeah, it is. Sorry. We actually we didn't do Phillies Phillies talk and Red Sox talk. Uh, how have you been feeling about the Red Sox? Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jordy, it's uh, you know, I'm still hungover from from the World Series. So, uh, 16 games back of the Yankees and six games out of the wild card. Uh, you almost want to say like, this has been more frustrating because it's been like, okay, are we guys? Are we doing this? Are we not doing this? Like, what's going on here? Are we gonna make the playoffs? Are we not like either lose lose big, you know, like. I feel like a Phillies fan. We talked about this last week. I feel like a Phillies fan. You know, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know, um... rather, I'd, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather either be all the way out or like put us out of misery or bring us back. You know, 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it's been an interesting year for you guys. And watching last night and the part of tonight before we started recording, um, you know, it's just, it's interesting how similar the frustrations are that you and I have both talked about. Um, you know, both bullpens aren't necessarily the greatest. And, um, you know... It's just unfortunate that your starting staff has just been so banged up that's kind of let you down. Because that's, I mean, I, I don't think it's wrong of me to say that that's been been the tough part of the Red Sox season. Um, to see, you know, just where you know sales done for the year now, and and David Price has been banged up for a while. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate to see because as the Phillies saw with Aaron Nola last night, letting up an absolute bomb and to Jackie Bradley and he had another one tonight, um, you know, up and down that lineup, they can explode at will. And, and granted the, the bullpen for the Phillies somehow didn't fuck that up, which they said on the post game show. And, and they took the words out of pra- practically the entire city's mouth. Um, fuck you taking Zach hurts. Um, <laughs> as we're doing our fantasy draft. God damn it. Um, got to type in the chat. Um, Whatever, I'll take T.Y. Hilton. Um, Not that anybody cares about my fantasy league with Greg. Um, Anyway, yeah, the Phillies didn't fuck up that game. Their bullpen held it up, um, which is something I'm sure you you can attest to that feeling of just uh, pain and suffering as our entire league's fucking laughing at me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, got it. Uh, Greg. Never change. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Phillies, though, because it's been an interesting week for the Phillies. You mentioned Jordy. the, the Jordy. Sweep of the Cubs. Jordy. Sorry, Jordy. Before we get into that, the <laughs> Phillies being back in Boston, Gabe the Babe being back. Is it emotional? The... It's been, <laughs> it's been unreal. It's been like the amount of ch- like snap stories and, and Insta stories and the amount of everything that people have gave the babe, taking pics of him all over the place, taking pics of him in around Fenway, taking pics of him, you know, everywhere possible has been unreal to see. Yeah, it's been a... Uh... I haven't really gotten. He's a just he's just a he's just a good looking guy. Everyone loves him. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to see if he's what his comments have been about going back to Fenway, but you know, it's been. I'm sure it's a an emotional, you know, emotional trip for him. It's certainly we mentioned at the top of the show the Phillies have won in Boston, won a series in Boston in 20 years, um, which they're up four two right now going into the eighth inning. Certainly still time for the Phillies bullpen to fuck this thing up. Um, their bullpen has, has been the Achilles heel to their team. But, Greg, one thing we talked about last week, you had asked, you know, who is the, the scapegoat? It is seeming more and more likely that, depending on how this season ends up, that the scapegoat will have been the Phillies' fired hitting coach and the savior of the season – will be the return of Charlie Manuel, who was hired as the Phillies' new hitting coach last Monday. What do the Phillies do? 
They go out and smack around the Cubs for two games. And then in a game that they should have lost, the Phillies offense in the eighth inning gets a run, scores, as you as you would so eloquently say about the Patriots, not one, not two, <laughs> not three, not four, not five, but six runs, including the grand slam scene around baseball by Bryce Harper. Which, Greg, as great as the John Cruck, oh my God, on the actual Comcast Sportsnet call, or NBC Sports Philly, excuse me, the Spanish call is oh so much better, and you should go look it up if you've not heard it. My Phillies fans know what I'm talking about. Disappointing weekend series against the against the Padres. The Bats didn't totally come alive. Uh, all three games they took an early lead. Uh, so they were coming out well, but they just went back to sleep after the third inning. Uh, a rough inning by Zach Eflin on Saturday. It's kind of the defining moment of that game. And then Sunday, they just really couldn't get it together. Uh, Bryce Harper left the game because of dehydration, Greg. Um, he obviously didn't have to miss any time. He was in the lineup last night. Obviously in the lineup tonight, he had a two-run home run that gave the Phillies the lead um, that they currently are holding on to at 4-2. Um, so, long story short, Charlie Manuel gets hired. Bryce Harper's hit five home runs in the last week. Aaron Nola still looks sharp. Somehow... The additions of Drew Smiley and Jason Vargas have not been complete disasters like I thought they might have been. The bullpen somehow holds the lead against one of the best offenses in baseball. Um, so it's been – I can't really complain too much about the last week, Greg. You know, Jordy, it's funny because we've talked about it this year. Uh, <laughs> they fired the hitting coach, but they had all this offensive power. They really have not scored a lot of runs, so – it seems like a smart decision, but hasn't the <laughs> has the pitching not been the problem? Has that not been the conversation that you have I, you and I have had this all year that last year the pitching was way better than what it was this year? Oh yeah, it absolutely was. And Ariad is done for the season. We didn't even mention that. They announced that earlier this week. Why? So why is it would you not fire the pitching coach instead of the? I guess both are underperforming uh, in theory. And that's probably going to be be something to to address in the off season. But I think. A lot of it, too, comes in the fact of we talked about the Red Sox starters being banged up. The big-name relievers are the ones who are banged up. So I don't know if, on a front office standpoint, they're thinking, you know, we're basically throwing a bunch of guys that would probably be with the Iron Pigs, a AAA team, if David Robertson isn't isn't out, Tommy Hunter isn't out, Pat Neshack isn't out, and also being weird about his usage before he was hurt, and all this different stuff. So maybe that's where they're coming from. And they're thinking all the different big names, Bryce Harper, JT Wilmuto, are saying, I've got to be better. I've got to pick up the team. That's why they got me. And they're thinking, all right, you know, Reese Hoskins is batting almost under 100 since the All-Star break. They're thinking, all right, maybe this is just the quicker fix. I, you know, that's where I'm trying to rationalize. But that's, that's a very good point. Thank you, Jordy. I thought it was a great point by me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a interesting situation moving forward with those two, um, with the hitting coach and pitching coach, because, yeah, they have a new pitching coach, and, or a new, yeah, hitting coach, rather, and, and the team, obviously, the, the Bryce Harper Grand Slam, which you didn't even talk about, so, and everything else that happened. Um, 
didn't talk also about psychopath it. also psychopath moves sprinting around the bases are you shitting me that's the greatest thing to do <laughs> you dream about have you, are you telling me you've never you've never been in your backyard you and your brothers bottom of the ninth bases loaded two outs greg it's out of here grand slam Walk off! We win! You never done that? As I, for whatever reason, did some weird Larry David hybrid <laughs> baseball announcer voice. You never done that in the world? I just don't get why he... Sp- we talked about the Spanish I just don't get why Greg. he had to sprint. I talked about it. He needed to sprint. I don't get why he had to sprint. I don't get why he had to sprint. Because Bryce Harper's move. an intense motherfucker. That's why. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> He's sprinting. We need Larry Pothill and he's our baby. He That's what this city needs. Boy. That's a deep cut for Here we go. reference, Greg. If you don't if you try I don't think you you may not remember. Uh, oh, I know nothing about Philadelphia. It's, that was a guy, this is guy when uh the Eagles made a run with Jeff Garcia as the as the quarterback because Donovan McNabb was hurt. This drunk guy was on when it was still Comcast Sports Philly, named Larry Poth, yelling out He's our baby. It's just completely shit bombed. Uh, so it can't, it's come back around a couple times through a number of different things. Uh, and Emily and I met him at a Rights to Ricky Sanchez live podcast, which is a Sixers pod, Greg. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a little, little behind the curtain of Philadelphia sports fandom for you, Greg. All right, well, congrats to you and, and Third and Girl meeting famous celebrities yeah you know uh yeah uh philadelphia celebrities i should say jordy anything else on philly's talk um yeah they're playing they're playing the red sox now they're oh we didn't even mention we kept teasing it before the interview um they're going down to miami a team that they for whatever reason can't fucking do shit against so it might turn into one of the more pivotal weekends of Phillies baseball against one of the shittiest teams in baseball. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Nola is scheduled to start. Uh, I don't even, actually, he may not even be scheduled to start this weekend. It'll be weird to see. Cause they have the, the rare, which they've had a couple times this year, um, Monday and Thursday off only two games against the Red Sox this week. So maybe he might be ready to go for the Sunday game. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see. Hopefully, this speed up offense or sped up offense or awoken offense. I'm not using any fucking right words. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> hopefully, they do well and we see a good performance out of them because they're due. They're due for it against a a uh, shitty Miami Marlins team. I'm not even going to try to uh, to mince my words here. All right, I like it. Um, let's see here, Jordy. What do you want to end on? Do you want to end on that? Do you have anything else? Anything you're looking forward to in uh, baseball or anything else? <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, I don't think so. I mean, the Little League World Series is always a blast. We're getting down to the end of it. Yeah, who do you think pulls it out? You think the the 
I think Hawaii goes back to back. Look good, man. They look real good, but so does Japan, so that's tough. Yeah, Japan's just mowed through the international bracket. Quite literally. Twenty nothing. They beat they beat Italy. <sighs> yeah, I mean, and then they beat South they beat the South Korean team pretty easily, so um, well, that's nuts about the, the twenty nothing game. What's up? Do you know what the elimin you know what the mercy rule is in Little League baseball? Uh, ten runs after the third or after the fourth? After the third. So Japan, Greg, put up a fourteen spot in the fifth inning. It was six nothing through four. And they hit they scored fourteen runs in the top of the fifth inning. They were the away team. That's how it got all the way up to twenty nothing. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So it was eight nothing in the end of the third, and t- wow, six nothing, and they scored fourteen runs. All right, six nothing. That stinks. That stinks. That that's stinks just, for the Italian team, huh? That's just that's nearly your batting around twice. That's fourteen runs, three outs, uh, seventeen batters came to the plate at least. I don't know if they left any runners on because all I'm seeing is the box score. You know, Jordy, that's uh. And then poor Italy, they get they get twenty runned, and then they get ten runned by Canada in the the consolation round. And how did how they do in the? Uh, I'm trying to look up Italy's Italy's. Uh, what's well, it this is the this is the best. Like they're the best teams for whatever they came from. Yeah, so yeah, they, they may be getting. Right, yeah. they may be getting they may be getting dumped on here, but I mean, look at like Curacao, like, Curacao, best of the Caribbean teams, right? Uh, Italy was the best of all of Europe and Africa. You know, you're it's it's you got to look at the big picture in that in that not only like they're winning their their country, but they're also winning their region. They're they're winning their individual region. They're winning their country, and then they're winning like a huge chunk of, let's say, Europe or the islands or you know whatever it may be. They're they're doing all that. So, whereas Japan is just one country and Australia one country, but like this, a team like the Italian team had to win all of Europe and Africa. Um, you know the bigger picture. That's pretty insane. Pretty insane to think about. It's impressive. It's impressive. Anyway, Jordy, that was my uh, <clears throat> my soap box. No, no, no. I appreciate it because you are the master of the Little League World Series. How many times have you gone? Five times? Oh, I've only been there twice, but it oh, was right. unreal all the times I went. So yeah. I loved it. All both times. Recommend it. You should um, all definitely go and all definitely go <laughs> 100% bucket list thing you have to do it yeah well uh we'll have to plan a little little road trip bullpen card on the road nice a little live live bullpen cart Ooh, with the boston accent i like it i like it but greg i think that's do it what do you want to finish with oh all right uh all right 
All right, let's do it. Finish it for us. <laughs> Greg, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. This is a ton of fun. And as always, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to us. The Bullpen Card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderbug Sports on Facebook and Instagram. That's where you can follow along with all our great stuff. Blogs are coming. Maddie D and I recorded earlier tonight our ACC college football preview. That's going to be dropping on Friday, so keep an eye out for that. Um, make sure you let us know what you thought of this episode and the interview with Mike Clark in the comments or on Twitter or all that good stuff. Uh, really am looking forward to hearing your feedback. Greg, my man, thank you as always. Pleasure is, is, uh, is mine. You make this fun. You make this great. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you know it's been it's been a it's been a fun one, and I'm pumped that we had the first guest ever. Uh, sorry, the first interview, not guest, because I'm a guest. The first interview ever. Oh, you're the co-host. What are you talking uh... about? <laughs> you're the I love you. I, I love you, Jordy. Love you. Buddy. You're awesome. Hi, uh, you're the best. But for my man, Greg Piatelli, I am the G-Man. Have a great week, everybody. We will talk to you soon. And go Pats. Go Q's. Go Pats.